grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. My dear Christian friends, we would like to imagine that we would want to know the time and place and manner of our death. But if you really think about that, would you really want to know that information? What would you do with that information? Let's imagine that you knew that you were going to die at the ripe old age of 102. And it would be on a Thursday afternoon at 2.45 p.m. from a massive heart attack. Now what would you do leading up to that old age death? Would you become complacent in your faith? Even give up your faith? Skip going to church? Stop praying? At least until that last week before you died. And then you would recommit yourself to the Lord and become very serious about your Christian faith. Or what if you knew that you were going to die after a long and prolonged battle with cancer and there'd be awful radiation and chemotherapy treatments, you would wither and waste away. You would feel like a burden to your family and friends. Would you then sink into a long depression leading up to your death? There is definitely divine wisdom in not knowing the time, location, or manner of our death. Our faith probably is not strong enough to know that information. And yet, Jesus knew the time, location, and the manner of his death. And isn't that astounding? Jesus knew exactly what lay ahead of him, and yet he still took his final steps. He knew Every twist, every turn, every plot from his enemies, every hurtful and mocking word that would be slung his way, every whip of the scourge from the Roman soldiers that would hit his back, every pain that he would feel when he breathed in and out on the cross. Through the lens of his divinity, Jesus knew what lay ahead with his final steps toward a most horrific pain and horrendous agony. Yet Jesus still took those final steps. Why? Because he had a selfless love for his fallen humanity that moved his steps forward. This Lenten season, I pray that we will be edified as we move forward on a pilgrimage with our Savior in his final steps. This evening, we examine the event that became the catalyst for our Savior's final steps. Jesus' miracle of raising Lazarus from the dead set the stage for the plan of God's salvation to move forward at the precise time that the Lord had set out from eternity, at the exact place that the Lord had prophesied throughout the Old Testament. And in the very way that the Lord had planned it. Tonight we see that Jesus' final steps led him to the tomb. And Jesus knew exactly what he was doing in heading to Bethany. Bethany was the home of his dear friends Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Bethany was two miles outside of Jerusalem. That was the headquarters for all of Jesus' religious enemies. Religious enemies that had been dogging Jesus every step for the past three years, looking for some kind of word or statement that they could twist, something that they could pull out of context and use against Jesus, 
some kind of teaching from Jesus that they could pit against the Lord's teaching. Some kind of miracle on the Sabbath they could use against him. Something, anything that they could use to discredit Jesus. Or even worse, to use to put him on trial for blasphemy and have him killed. And yet there was no misstep. Not a single statement or word that was out of place. And as Jesus' enemies became more and more desperate, they, they had a plot to kill him. And yet, Scripture says, he eluded their, their grasp and withdrew back across the Jordan River, someplace remote where they would not find him. But now Jesus' set time is approaching. His appointment with the cross is coming near. Mary and Martha sent word, Lord, the one you love is sick. Friends, have you ever felt the pain that death brings? One of the most sorrowful images I have in my memory is one of my girls when she was much younger, just sobbing, tears coming down her eyes as she was holding our sick dog because she knew that I would be taking that dog to the vet to be put to sleep that afternoon. Have you lain in the hospital bed with hearing the machine pumping air in and out of your lungs, keeping you alive? Have you watched your, your father or mother's body just atrophy and waste away because of illness and disease? Have you sat there holding the hand of your spouse as he or she slowly died? That's the way Mary and Martha felt with their brother Lazarus. And Jesus heard the news about his dear friend Lazarus and, and then he waited another two days to go to Lazarus' home. John shares this insight. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Yet when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed in the place where he was two more days. Then afterwards, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. Why wait two more days? Jesus answers that question, so that the Son of Man may be glorified through it. So that he could tell his disciples, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. So the disciples could respond, Lord, if he's fallen asleep, he'll get well. And then Jesus could patiently explain, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sake that I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Friends, have you ever noticed that you and I are often not much help to those who are grieving? How often don't we say things like, I'm sorry. If you need anything, reach out to me. Here's a casserole. We often don't know what to say, and so we don't say anything. Or we go to the other extreme, and we try to encourage our loved ones who are mourning to stop mourning too soon. Though we may not be much help to the grieving, our Lord Jesus certainly is. For if God is anywhere, God is there at death. So the Son of God went to face death head on. Jesus waited two more days before he took his final steps toward Bethany because he knew that these two grieving sisters needed to hear him. 
that all of Lazarus' friends who were mourning needed him. Martha met Jesus on the road to her house, and what, he, what she said to him must have broken our Savior's heart. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But Jesus knew that Martha needed to hear these words from his, from his lips. Your brother will rise again. And Martha realized that Jesus was talking about Judgment Day. She heard the words that we hear today uh, at cemeteries when we are standing near the caskets of those we love <clears throat> as we watch the pastor pour dirt or sand on the, on the casket in the shape of a cross saying, dust to dust, earth to earth, ashes to ashes. Death has hounded mankind since the fall into sin in the Garden of Eden. Death has hounded us with a misery that God never intended for his dear children. And when Jesus saw what the effects of death had on those whom he loved, he was moved too and he wept. But he also promised that the day would come when the last enemy to be defeated would end. And that last day for Lazarus would be that day. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will live, even if he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Jesus knows what he must do. He must take his final steps to a tomb, to a cave with a stone rolled against it. Martha takes Jesus to the cemetery, and then Jesus asks for the stone to be rolled away. Martha objects because her brother has been dead for four days, and the Jews did not embalm their dead. So she was afraid of the odor. To which Jesus replied, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? And then he offered up a prayer to his heavenly Father. And when he had finished praying, then he exclaimed, Lazarus, come out. And he who called planets into existence and breathed life into a lump of clay, now called Lazarus out of the tomb. And the breath of life once again entered his lungs. And Lazarus came out. He had no choice. Lazarus' response to the command of the Christ gives hope to all of us who have been there in the cemetery and faced death head on. The dead man came out. Jesus took his final steps to the tomb because he knew that Mary and Martha needed this miracle of bringing their brother back. Jesus took his final steps to the tomb because from then on, Lazarus would be able to speak with experience that the Lord really does work everything out for the eternal benefit of those who love him. Jesus took his final steps to the tomb because his disciples would then be eyewitnesses of this miracle because then he could send them out as apostles to be witnesses to Jerusalem, to Judea, and to the ends of the earth. And Jesus took his final steps to the tomb for you and your faith. Because we need to hear these words. 
I am the resurrection and the life. We need to hear Jesus call out, Lazarus, come out. We need to see that dead man who had been dead for four days in the grave walk out of that grave alive. And right here is our proof that nothing is impossible with our God. Here is proof of the Apostle Paul's taunt of triumph over death. Death is swallowed up in victory. Death, where is your sting? Grave, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. What happened at that Bethany Cemetery is a prelude to what would happen a few weeks later at the Jerusalem Cemetery. There the angel would roll away the stone of a borrowed tomb to show that the dead man was alive and had come out. And this is a prelude of what will happen to all of God's saints on the last day when the voice of Jesus Christ will call out for all of the dead to come out of their graves. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. For when God speaks, people come out of their graves. They have no choice. How comforting for us that our Savior's final steps led him to the tomb. A few moments ago, I mentioned how our Lord Jesus' enemies were dogging him every step of the way, hoping to find something that they could use against him. But they couldn't find anything. And then this business with Lazarus happened. This was the greatest of all of Jesus' miracles up until that point. According to Jewish thinking, as recorded in the Talmud, and the Talmud is a collection of Jewish writings and laws and traditions. According to the Talmud, the Jews believe that when a person died, that the soul hovered around the body for three days, waiting for a possible resurrection, just kind of lost. But after the third day, then God would call that soul to be with him in heaven. And after the third day, there would be no resurrection. Now do you see why the Lord Jesus waited for the fourth day before going to Bethany? Why he made sure that two more days had passed before he went to visit the home of Mary and Martha. And news of this miracle spread quickly, like wildfire. The raising of Lazarus from the dead, John reports, became the catalyst for Jesus' enemies to put God's plan of salvation into action. For John informs us at the end of this account in his gospel, from that day on, they plotted to kill him. Jesus' final steps led him to a tomb that needed to be emptied. Emptied so that his enemies' hatred for him could be so filled up that they would boil over with a diabolical plot to capture him, to illegally try him in an evening trial, and then hand him over to their hated enemies, the Romans, for a crucifixion. And all of this would happen during 
the Lord's Passover at exactly the time that God had always planned for it to happen, that the Passover lamb would die during the Passover. Fellow saints, we don't really want to know the time or place or manner of our death, do we? And yet, our Lord Jesus knew all of that about his death. And he knows all of that about your deaths as well. But that's why he took his final steps. So that he could take his final steps that would resolutely end up at the cross. There, he would intrude upon the enemy's turf. There, he would end up at Satan's territory. There, he would smell the sulfuric residue of heaven's angel. There on the cross, he would cry out in agony, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? There on the cross, he would cry out in victory, It is finished. And as he breathes his last, his heel goes down to crush the head of the ancient serpent underneath that bloody heel. And the words that he spoke so triumphantly at the Bethany Cemetery would ring out at the Jerusalem Cemetery, I am the resurrection and the life. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.